Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. God loved us. And he has called us to love people in the way that he has loved us. In fact, that's what we've been studying in this series. As we look at this key passage that, that we've studied throughout this series, it's in John 13 and verse 34. And what we're going to do is we're going to, it's going to be on the screen. We're going to read it one more time together aloud. And so notice I said, read it aloud, not a soft. So we're going to have to read it out loud. All right, you ready? On the count of three, one, two, three. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus says, this is the command. This is the reason that I came. This is my, this is my whole heart and my whole vision that you would learn how to love God and you would learn how to love one another. This is the kingdom of God. This is why the church exists. This is why I came for my people because I loved you and now I am calling you to love people in the way that I have loved you. We've studied this in this series. How did Jesus love us? And there's so many ways and so many things that we could have studied, but we narrowed it down to these four things that we've, that we've looked at in this series, that Jesus was patient with us, even in our faults and in our failures. We talked about how Jesus used his words to love. He spoke loving, encouraging words, words of wisdom, sometimes words of correction over our lives. We talked last week about how Jesus loved us so much that just before he went to the cross, he took up a towel and he served, he washed the disciples' feet, and God has called us to love people by serving them, by putting them in front of us, their needs ahead of our own. Today, we're going to wrap this whole thing up by talking about, I believe, the most powerful way that Jesus loved us, and that is this, that Jesus loved us by forgiving us. In fact, you think about what we did to him. I mean, you think about our sins and, and what it forced. It forced Jesus to come to this earth, to give, up, to give up his royalty in heaven and to come down in human form and to live a life, a sinless life. He had not done anything wrong but to be falsely accused and then to be convicted of, of things that he did not do and to, to ta- be taken and to be forced upon a cross after having 39 lashes on his back, after having the crown of thorns on his on his head and then to be taken to be crucified a criminal's death and there he was hanging on the cross and as he hung there those words that he spoke father forgive them for they know not what they do and you think about no greater example has ever been given of what love really looks like. A love that forgives no matter the cost. That as he's laying his life down and it's us that put him on that cross, he speaks these words of true and real love. As he's hanging on to the cross, he lets go of all of the offense. And I think about what incredible love that was for us. And yet, I think about how many times we abuse that love that God has given us. I think about the sad fact is, is that Jesus hung on to the cross and he let go of the offense. And yet many of us, the way we live is the exact opposite of that. 
We hold on to the offenses of others while letting go of the work that Jesus did for us upon the cross. In fact, the truth is when we hold on to resentment, when we hold on to anger, when we hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness, we actually nullify the work that Jesus did for us. In fact, there's only one thing that can keep us from receiving God's forgiveness, and that is when we hold on to unforgiveness towards others. In fact, Jesus said it like this in Matthew 6, in verse 15, he says, he says that if we don't forgive others their sins, our Father will not forgive our sins. Man, you think about that. That's the scariest verse in the whole Bible. There's only one thing that keeps us from receiving the forgiveness of God over our sins. And that is when we hold on to the offenses and the hurts and the anger that we have. The resentment, many times bitterness towards others. And man, it affects us in a big way. In fact, the truth of the matter is, is that when you hold on to resentment, hurt, unforgiveness, bitterness towards others. You know what? It doesn't just keep you from receiving God's forgiveness. Like it's, it's a poison that contaminates every part of your life. The Hebrew writer said it like this in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. He says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God and watch out so that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Hebrew writer says, hey, if you don't learn to forgive, here's what's going to happen. It's going to seep into every single part of your life. I started thinking about it, like just studying what the word of God says about the effects of unforgiveness on us and how it corrupts and it contaminates every part of our life. And I just I just wrote down four things. If you're taking notes, you can write them down. The, The first one, letter A, is this, that when we hold on to unforgiveness, here's what happens. It seeps into our prayer life. Isn't it true? Come on, like, here's the deal. How are you going to have a relationship that's right with God if your relationships are not right with man? And if you're holding on to unforgiveness, if you're holding on to anger and bitterness, and if you're, man, if you're holding on to resentment towards something that someone else or an offense that someone else committed towards you, guess what's going to happen is it's not just going to affect your relationship with that person. It's going to affect your relationship with God. How can we expect to connect with God if we have bitterness in our hearts? In fact, Jesus said it like this in Matthew 5 and 23. He says, so if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and suddenly remember that someone has something against you, here's what he says to do. Leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person and then come back and offer your sacrifice to God. In other words, Jesus says, hey, if you're praying and you have stuff in your heart, guess what? Your prayer's not going to be right until your heart is right. Your relationship with God is not going to be right until your relationship with others are right. Unforgiveness, it seeps into every area of our life. It seeps into our prayer life. Let her be right this down. It seeps, it seeps into our relationships. Isn't that true? I mean, and not just our relationship with God, and not just our relationship with the person that we're angry towards. But look what it said in Hebrews 15, or 12, 15. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you. Look what it says. Corrupting many. Like, here's the deal, guys. If we're holding on to anger, unforgiveness, it doesn't just corrupt us. It doesn't just corrupt the person that we're mad at. It corrupts every relationship that we have. Like, it affects. If you're mad at someone from work, guess what? You're going to bring that home with you. 
And it's going to affect your marriage. If you're mad at someone in your family, you're going to bring that into your life group with you. And it's going to affect those relationships there. Because here's the thing. It affects every area of our life. When we hold on to this stuff, these offenses that others have committed against us. Letter C, write this down. It seeps into our vision. You may never have even thought about this before, but look what the scripture says about it. 1 John 2, verse 10. Verse 10 anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But look at this. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in what? In, in darkness. And such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Have, have you ever seen someone like this before? That, that like they can't, they don't have a vision for their life because they can't see past the hurt of their past. And they're carrying this stuff around and there's no hope and there's no vision. They're walking around with a cloud of darkness around them because they're holding on to hurt and offense and stuff that's happened in the past. They, they can't see past the darkness. In fact, some of you are here today and you're like, man, I know God has something for me, but I can't seem to, I can't seem to get past something that someone did against me. And it's that hurt and that resentment that is actually seeping into the vision and the purpose that God has for your life. It seeps into every area, our relationship with God, our relationship with others, our vision, letter D, it seeps into our peace. Like here's the deal, guys. It's hard to have peace in your heart when you also got bitterness in your heart. Isn't it true? Like, and there's, and there's so many people that this is, this is how they live. Like, like they have no, they have turmoil constantly. And, and maybe some of you have experienced this before. It's like, I'm angry at that person and I'm trying to just move on and I'm trying to think about something else, but everything reminds me of it. Come on. The song comes on the radio or whatever. And everything like brings it back. And I'm living with all this turmoil and there's no peace in my heart because I'm holding on to this hurt that has happened from someone in my life. And the truth is, like, if it's just, it just somebody, it's no big deal. Like, when somebody just cuts you off in traffic, you get mad, but you get over it real quick, right? But when it's someone that you love, when it's someone that should have been there for you, when, when it's someone that is in your family, or when it's someone that you go to church with, come on, right? It's a little bit harder, and you just want to hold on to it a little bit more. In fact, David talked about this in the Psalms. He talked about, hey, if it would have been an enemy that insulted, insulted me, I could endure that. And if it was a foe that was rising, like, rising against me, I could hide. But it's you. It's, it's a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, the person I went to life group with, the person I went to church with, the person that I worshipped and had fellowship in the house of God with. And it's so, it's so heavy on my heart that it's it's robbing me of the peace that God wants me to live in because I've allowed it to seep down into every crack and every crevice and it, and it becomes a part of who I am. In fact, anybody ever know anybody like that? Like they're just a bitter old person. Every time you get around them, they're talking about the stuff that happened and what is it? It's unforgiveness that seeps into every part of our life and it corrupts us from the inside out. So you say, Pastor, what do, I, what do I do about it? How do I love like Jesus loved me? How do I forgive the people that have hurt me just the way that Jesus forgave me as I hurt him? And he was hanging on the cross. And I'll tell you this, guys, it ain't easy. In fact, I'm going to give you three points. And it's kind of like I do. I have three points and we wrap it up in a nice little bow. But I'm going to tell you, I can't fix all of that in the next 11 minutes that I have in this sermon. But I know that Jesus can. 
that he can heal the parts of our heart that are that are so angry. He can come in and he can take he can take that old mess up heart and he can replace. He doesn't just he doesn't just fix it. The Bible says he replaces it with a heart of flesh. He makes our hard hearts soft if we allow him. So what do we do? Let's let's talk about it. how do we forgive like Jesus. If you're taking notes, write them down. Three things. The first one is. The first step is you got to remember. So everybody say remember. Here's where forgiveness begins. Forgiveness begins by remembering how much we have been forgiven. Like if I'm going to forgive others, here's what I got to do. I got to remember how much God has forgiven me. In fact, Jesus told a story about this in Matthew chapter 18. He told this story about this guy who was a, who was a great ruler and he had, he had a servant that worked for him and this servant owed him a huge amount of money. Like many scholars say that this amount was, was equivalent to what would be like a million dollars in our day, in our time. And this guy, he could not pay it back. And the time came for him to pay up on what he owed and he couldn't do it. And he knew what the penalty was that if he couldn't pay the, if he couldn't pay the debt that he would be thrown into into jail. And so he comes before the master and the Bible says that he throws himself down at the master's feet and he begs for, for just more time, not even for forgiveness, but just give me more time and I will pay it back. And the Bible says that the master was so graceful and so merciful towards this guy that he looked at the man and not only did he give him more time, he actually forgave the whole debt, all of it, $1 million. He forgave it all. That's a big, I mean, that's a big deal, right? And you would think, man, this guy, whoa, million dollars. I could never repay that. And this man, my master was so forgiving and so loving and so kind that he forgave me of all that. You would think that this guy would be so grateful that he would go out and he would forgive everybody else. But that's not what happens in the story. The Bible says that the man who had just been forgiven a million dollars goes out and finds a servant that worked for him that owed him a thousand dollars. And instead of forgiving him, the Bible says he grabs him by the neck and says, pay me what you owe me. And if you don't pay me, I'm going to have you thrown into prison. Now you hear that and you go, what in the world? Like, how could that guy be so cold? How could he be so merciless? How could he be so heartless for what just happened to him? And yet, don't we do the same thing? Like, we have been forgiven of a debt that we could never repay. Way more than a million dollars. It's, I mean, I'm telling you, we had sinned. And our sin, it, the penalty for that was death. But Jesus, he forgave us of all the sins. He even paid the penalty for us. It cost him his very own life. I mean, we have been forgiven so much. And yet many times we receive the forgiveness of God. And then we walk away from that forgiveness. And we go out to others who have hurt us or have offended us. Who have said things and done things so much smaller than what we did to God who loved us so much he gave his son and when they hurt us we hold on to that offense and that hurts because we ask them to live at standards that we would never live on our own and we hold on and and we remember the story goes that the master calls calls the servant back in and Look at his response to the servant in verse 32. It says, and then the king called in the man who had been forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? In fact, right here in these words of this master are the key to forgiveness. The key to the forgiveness to forgiveness is this to always remember how much you have been forgiven. 
fact, this is what Paul teaches us in Ephesians 4 and 32. He says that we should be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, what God forgave you. He says it again in Colossians 3.13. Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you has grievances against someone, forgive how? As the Lord forgave you. Man, if anybody needed forgiveness, it was Paul. He was the worst of the worst. He called himself the chief of all sinners. He went around murdering Christians and yet God forgave him. And if anyone had, had a right to hold resentment in his heart towards others, it was Paul because people threw rocks at him and threw him in prison. And, and yet he forgave and he wrote, how did I forgive others? I remembered how much God had forgiven of me. So let's just, let's just do a little exercise here today. I want you to, I want you to think about what's, what's your worst sin? What's that worst, that, that worst thing that haunts you, that you feel the most guilt and the most shame about it? Come on, you got, any, got one in your mind? Got something in your mind? Now tell your neighbor. No, I'm just kidding. Don't tell them what it is. I'm just joking. <laughs> and why wouldn't you want to tell your neighbor? Because you're, afraid, you're ashamed of that, right? That worst thing that you wouldn't want anybody else to know, that you haven't even told your best friend or your spouse, that, that thing, if you're a follower of Jesus... You've been forgiven of it. Come on, isn't that awesome? And when you think about that, guess what, guys? How much more should we forgive those who offend and hurt us? How do you, how do you forgive like Jesus? You've got to remember. So everybody say remember. remember. Number two, second thing you've got to do is you've got to forget. See, the first one is hard, but this one might even be harder. Because <laughs> when, when it comes to offenses, when it comes to hurt, like, we tend to have really long memories. Isn't that how it is? I mean, like, I want to remember that forever. I ain't never letting go of that. It's like the guy who was talking to his friend about his wife, and he's like, man, when we get in a fight, my wife, she just gets completely historical. And he was like, don't you mean hysterical? And he was like, no, historical. She brings up all this stuff from history. <laughs> and this is how we are, isn't it? But guess what, man? If you want to have, if you want to have good, godly relationships, here's a little, little tip for you here today. Have a long fuse and a short memory. Be, be slow to get angry. Be slow to get offended. And be quick to forgive the offenses that happen. Imagine what your marriage would be like if you did that. Imagine what your friendships would be like if you did that. Imagine what work would be like if you decided, hey, I'm going to be slow to be offended and I'm going to be quick to forgive. And isn't this what Jesus did for us? The Bible says he didn't just forgive us of our sins. The Bible says in Micah 7 and verse 19, once again, he has compassion on us and he will trample our sins under his feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. The Bible says he takes our sins and he throws them into the sea of forgetfulness. The Bible says it like this in Hebrews 8 and verse 12, for I have forgiven their wickedness and I will what? I will remember their sins no more. Pastor, how can I forget? Like, you don't know what they did. And I will, I will admit, man, this is a sensitive topic. In fact, I'll just be, just be real tender for a minute and just say, look, I don't know. Some of you, it's little small offenses and, and you need to get over it. But some of you, it's stuff that is deep. You've been abandoned. You've been abused. Things have happened to you like that should have never happened and God never intended them to happen. Things that I will never really understand. Because I didn't experience them. And I'm not trying today to belittle what has happened to you. But here's what I do know. 
That as long as you hold on to the memory of that, whatever it is, even if it's, if it's deep, as long as you're holding on to that memory, you're going to be haunted by it. And it's going to seep into every, and affect every area of your life. But if you will make a decision, as hard as it is to say, I'm going to remember what God has done. And I'm going to, every day I'm going to wake up and just decide, man, it's hard, but I'm going to forgive that person, and I'm going to forget it. I'm going to get it out of my life. Man, it won't be easy, but there will be a peace that you will experience in your life that you will never experience any other way. Pastor, they don't deserve it. I want to hold them accountable for what they did. I can't, I can't forget it because if I forget it, then, man, they won't have to pay, and they need to pay. And here's what we have to understand, guys. Hey, forgiveness is not letting people off the hook. Forgiveness is just admitting that, hey, yes, they need to pay, but I'm not the one responsible for that. Forgiveness is saying, hey, I realize that it's not my job to make sure that they are judged for what they do. Hey, they will be judged. They will stand before God and they will have to give account for how they live on one day. They will be judged, but I'm not the judge. God is the judge. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to release myself from the responsibility of thinking that I have to hold this thing over them so that they will pay. One day they will be judged for what they did, but it's not me that gives them the judgment. And when I release them, guess what happens? It releases me. That's what forgiveness is. It's setting a prisoner free to realize only that I was the one that was really set free. See, how do we forgive? Man, we've got to remember. We've got to forget. Number two, number three, write this one down. You just got to repeat. Everybody say it. Everybody say it with me. Remember, forget, repeat. Come on, say it again. Remember, forget, repeat. Say it again. Remember, forget, repeat. This is how forgiveness works. I remember what God has done for me. I forget what the other person did against me. And I just keep doing it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. In fact, I think a lot of us are like Peter. Because Peter came to Jesus, and I think he was looking for a loophole, you know? And he was like, I know I'm supposed to forgive. I get that. I know what you're going to do for me. I get that. I'm supposed to let go of what the other person... But there's got to be a limit to this thing, you know? How many times is it like... Is it seven times? In fact, this, this is what he says in Matthew 18, 21. Then Jesus, Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Like, that'd be really good if I did it seven times. Man, I'm really a good Christian because I forgave seven times. But Jesus replied, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Some of you are like, okay, 70 times seven. What is that? Let's figure that out. I don't think Jesus was saying that was the limit. I think what he was saying is he was saying limitless, exponential, ongoing, infinity. As many times as it takes. You know, that's hard. Because sometimes we have people that hurt us and they keep hurting us. If they keep hurting me, am I supposed to keep forgiving them? Yeah. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. Some of you are like, man, I forgave that person that hurt me a long time ago, but it just keeps coming back up. Am I supposed to keep doing it? Yeah. Every day. Some of you today, you're going to make a decision. Man, yeah, I've got to let that go. And you know what's going to happen? Tomorrow you're going to wake up and it's going to be right there again. You know what you're going to have to do? You have to choose. Okay, all right, today I'm going to forgive again. And then the next day, I'm going to forgive again. And then the next day, I'm going to forgive again. And then the next day, you know what happens? Sometimes it's daily for a while. And then it becomes, hey, every other day. Then it becomes every week. Then it becomes every month. And then, oh, you know what, man? I've gone six months and I hadn't thought about that. And what has happened is that Jesus does a healing work in your heart. But you have to choose 
to take the steps to say, I'm going to forgive as many times as, as it takes. And isn't that how Jesus has forgiven us? As many times as it takes. Some of you say, well, I don't, man, like how can that be? Well, let me just, let me just help you a little bit on this. There's a difference between forgiveness and trust. Some of you are going, oh, I've got to forgive this person and all of a sudden i got to let them back into my life. And No, 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 no. Let me tell you this. Forgiveness is something that is given. You choose to give it. God choose to, chose to give it to you. Trust is something that is earned. And so here's how forgiveness works. Is, hey, even if they don't deserve it, I'm going to forgive them. But just because I forgave them doesn't necessarily mean that our relationship is going to be back on the same level that it was before. Come on. Especially if it's a situation where the person is hurting you continually over and over. If it's an abusive situation, forgive them and get out of there. Come on. You know what I'm saying? I don't trust them anymore, but I have released them. I have forgiven. I have given it to God. And it's not about setting them free. It's about God setting me free. How can I do this, Pastor? It's too hard. I can't do it. Guess what? You can't. Not on your own. It is not humanly possible to love this way. Some of you go, man, I'm not Jesus. I can't forgive like Jesus forgave me. And you know what? You're not. You're not Jesus. But you know what? Jesus wasn't just all God. He was also all man. And as he hung on that cross... He cries out these words, Father, forgive them, for they know what, not what they do. You may not have ever thought of it, of it this way, but you know what? That wasn't just, that wasn't a statement. You know what it was? It was a prayer. In fact, in my mind, you know what I think was happening? As Jesus was hanging on that cross and he praised this prayer, Father, forgive them. Jesus was realizing, man, the human side of me cannot forgive what has just happened to me. And so what I've got to have, it naturally, yeah, I can't do it. But I've got to have the Father's help. I've got to have the supernatural power of the Spirit to help me. And so some of you go, man, I can't do this. And you can't do it on your own. That's why you got to have the power of God working in you so that you can forgive, so that you can forget, so that you can keep doing it even when it's hard and even when it's painful and even when it's big stuff that's happened in your life. You say, how do I do that? Here's how you got to do it. You pray and you ask God to help you. You pray just like Jesus prayed. Father, I can't forgive them. But you can help me. And eventually God begins to do a work in your heart. And you don't just pray, God help me. You know what you do? Man, this is so hard. But you know what you do? You pray, God bless them. That's what Jesus said. He said, pray for those who hurt you and those who persecute you. Some of you are like, I'll pray for them. I'll pray their car breaks down. <laughs> They lose their job. They get permanent diarrhea. I'll pray for them, you know. That's not what Jesus was saying. Thankfully. He was saying pray that they are blessed. How do I pray for someone that hurt me that they will be blessed? Well, if you can't pray that, guess what that tells you? It tells you something about what's in your heart. And when God starts to work in your heart, you can start to pray, God, bless them. And man, it may be hard. Some for a while, it's like, God, bless them. You know what I'm saying? But after a while, you know what? It may not change them, but it'll change you. And I know this is tough. This is a hard. I always hesitate to preach on forgiveness because I know what it stirs up in people's hearts. But here's the deal, guys. God has forgiven us so much. And he loves us so much. 
How can we not be forgiving towards others? How can we not have mercy and grace towards those have, who have hurt us, towards the little offenses and the big offenses? And there is a freedom that comes in that. Like, 